You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Josh Barker, and this is The Policy Corner. Today, we're going to talk about red flag laws. In the debate over the Second Amendment, these laws have taken a prominent place. So far, 19 states have passed such laws. Michigan is not one of them. Though legislation was introduced last term and had the support of Democrats in the legislature and the governor. Red flag laws are an attempt to get guns out of the hands of potentially dangerous people. They would allow certain groups of people to file an extreme risk protection order. This order would be an assertion by that person who files it that the individual in question poses a danger from possessing or acquiring firearms. This order would go to a court and be judged on the basis of probable cause, similar to a warrant. However, unlike a warrant, when a judge grants an ERPO, it does not allow merely the search of a house. It would require the individual to surrender their firearms with this emergency ex parte order. This means that the individual does not have a chance to defend themselves in court before the order is issued. In most states, there would be a hearing afterwards to determine whether this prohibition on firearms should be long-term, in which most states allow the orders to last for up to a year unless the court terminates it early. In this hearing, the court would consider evidence of past violence and threats as well as reckless brandishing of firearms by the individual and any civil protection orders against the individual. Finally, these laws, in order to be effective, must have these orders put in the national and state background check systems for when people are buying firearms. Now, the details of these laws vary by state. Delaware requires the order to have an assertion that the individual, quote, poses an immediate and present danger. In Florida, it's a significant danger. In Hawaii, it's imminent danger. When it comes to who can file such an order, again, various states include different classes of individuals, as narrow as spouses, dating partners, and immediate family, to broader classes like employers, co-workers, healthcare providers, school system officials, and even law enforcement officers and agencies. This past summer, the Department of Justice issued model legislation that it hopes states will adopt. It's very broad, allowing every class of individuals just mentioned to file these orders, from family to police officers, attorneys, and healthcare providers. It gives the individual against whom such an order is filed an opportunity to motion to terminate the order, but the law states that such an individual, quote, shall have the burden of proving by the same standard required for the issuance of such an order that he or she does not pose a significant danger of personal injury or death to him or herself or another. So one of the goals of red flag laws is to prevent suicides. So if there's evidence that the person is suicidal, the order could be filed against them for that reason. They're posing a danger to themselves with a gun. Miles Best, the host of KQED's Above the Noise show, says that the laws have been effective at that task. They've been shown to reduce gun violence, particularly when it comes to death by suicide. For example, a study from the University of Indianapolis found that after Indiana enacted its red flag law, there was a 7.5% decrease in suicide by firearms. And similarly, after Connecticut started enforcing its law in 2007, there was a 13.7% decrease in gun suicides. People on both sides of the aisle, from former President Trump to Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, have supported red flag laws. We must make sure that those judged to pose a grave risk to public safety do not have access to firearms and that if they do, those firearms can be taken through rapid due process. That is why I have called for red flag laws. But we in Congress want to follow your lead in keeping guns out of the hands of people who are at risk to themselves and others through extreme risk protection orders that empower the full force of communities to act, otherwise known as red flag. This doesn't mean red flag laws have universal support. 
The most prominent objection is that red flag laws violate an individual's right to due process by taking away their weapons without them having a chance to defend themselves and placing the burden of proof upon the defendant. Former Judge Andrew Napolitano says that we must be careful that these red flag laws are not prone to abuse and usurpation of power. If a right, a natural right, can be taken away on the basis of fear of what someone might do rather than what someone did, then none of our rights are safe. So I think that all these red flag laws are unconstitutional because they are based on a fear that what you think the person might could and may do rather than what they've done. And we don't punish on the basis of fear in America. We punish only on the basis of demonstrable proven fact. Republican Representative Dan Crenshaw of Texas is opposed to these types of red flag laws. In September, he introduced House Bill 5417, the Preventing Unjust Red Flag Laws Act. And if passed, the bill would prohibit federal funds from going to states or local governments that pass red flag laws that, quote, authorize the removal of firearms without due process. However, he's not opposed to the idea of government intervention in firearm ownership and laid out the tenets of a compromise that he would be willing to support. I have laid out specific safeguards that would have to be in place for us to support any of rad flag law, clear and convincing evidence, punishment for false accusations, right to attorney and cross-examination, and limited standing so that not just anybody can accuse you. For instance, not just a neighbor, not just an ex, maybe a family member, or maybe only police officers. That's all for now. Thanks for tuning in to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.